The Hoop Collective is brought to you by Goodyear, helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear, more driven. Baseball is back, and so are your favorite teams and players. Catch the best of the bigs all season long on ESPN Plus with over 170 live MLB games featuring every star and every team in the league. Sign up now at ESPNPlus.com slash baseball. And with the NFL Draft just days away, don't forget to check out First Draft with Mel Kuyper Jr., Todd McShay, and Field Yates, wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, welcome to the Hoop Collective podcast. We talk about the NBA, which we're doing on Thursday afternoon. I apologize in advance. I have got some laryngitis. Had to cancel my uh, spot on the jump today because I didn't want to put the TV viewers through it. But you podcast folks are tough. All that yelling last week finally caught up to you. Pause for the joke. Let's get them off. Everybody out there. Okay, we're going to pause. Go ahead. It's not a joke. I'm completely serious. I don't find any Thank humor you. in this situation. <laughs> um, so um, I'm going to let McMahon and Bontemps carry the day. I, you know, I always do anyway. Uh, by the way, before we get started, I was looking at some information on the NFL draft, which is next week in Cleveland. The NFL is totally moving in on the NBA's turf. What are the two biggest days or events sort of on the NBA regular season calendar, Bontemps? Uh, the regular season calendar. Uh, the, trade the, regular deadline, season, the trade deadline, the All-Star no, game? in terms of, okay, the All-Star game is one. What's the other big day of games? Oh, in Christmas. The Christmas. Christmas Day? Right, right. Christmas yeah. Day, right. So the, NBA, the NFL schedule isn't out yet. But it's reported that the NFL is going to play two games on Christmas this Mm. year, which is a Saturday. Oh, okay. Which already last year, as in 2020, it's this season, but last year, the NBA like moved its prime game around the NFL game that was that day. And with the NFL putting in a 17th week, the Super Bowl is going to be on President's Day weekend. Which is usually which, when the All-Star game is. That's right. Hey. I mean, it wasn't this year. But You, you skipped the intros. Oh, I'm so, so sorry. Buddy, since, you have, <laughs> since, you, since you have laryngitis, do you mind if, if I handle them this week? Band, McMahon, please go ahead. Okay. In this corner, the <laughs> prince of the straw poll. The dude who developed his social skills, hanging with animals on a family farm. He's annoying as hemorrhoids, but he really means no harm. The shame of St. Bonaventure, Timmy. Good times, Bontemps. You have a lot of bad jokes, and this is the worst And in this corner, (laughs) the man who put St. Vincent, St. Mary on the map. They used to call him the Akron Assassin, but now he's the only Nebraska resident who has a big market bias. It's his <laughs> podcast, and he'll cry if he wants to. Brian, Windy Wind Horse. Jackasses, let's get it on. <laughs> he missed his calling. Yeah, he, he sure missed did. His calling. The buffers um, better watch out. <laughs> Now you're going to have no voice, McMahon. I told you I need you to carry. I've been talking. I've been talking 
bleep for 44 years. I can, I can handle it. I'm used to this. Nearly for all of our liking. So he'll be fine, I'm sure. Uh, um, all right. So who has been the biggest addition? Who has been the most impactful addition at the trade deadline of all the moves that were made? Who's been the most impactful addition? Addition. Do you want me to play along with your joke or steal your thunder, boss? Do you want me to? Do you want me to play along with your joke or 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 steal your thunder? And, You're going to uh, do whatever you want to do. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm guessing this has to do with steal uh, it, steal the it. reemergence of Stephen. I, I I would guess that would have something to do with the reemergence of Stephen Curry as a supernova after James Wiseman has uh, disappeared. This would be my no. that would be my guess. Absolutely not. I'm talking okay. about Daniel. I'm talking about Daniel Gafford. Ah, Dan- oh, <laughs> or Daniel Gafford. <laughs> so I like to call him Gafford. I like to call him Gafford. He used to be Daniel Gafford. Now he's Daniel Gafford. Uh, do you think Charles Barkley would know who he plays for? No, absolutely Charles Barkley not. Pr- probably would, he, he, uh, Charles Barkley would not know who Daniel Gafford is. <laughs> I would. I would wager to get. I would. Charles Barkley just now. He's just now realizing that Russ is in Washington. <laughs> <laughs> this guy in Chicago this year was in 31 games and 11 starts, was averaging four points and one rebound a game. Since he went to Washington, he's averaging 12 points and shooting 67% and six rebounds. Sorry, he was averaging three rebounds a game. I apologize. Three rebounds a game. Th- four points and three rebounds a game. 12 points and six rebounds a game on 67% shooting. The Wizards, the Wizards of Washington are red hot, eight out of 10, six in a row as we do this podcast, to move into 10th place. And guys, with what do we have? Three and a half weeks left in the regular season? The play in situation is developing, and the Wizards are in the thick of it in the East and in the West. The Warriors. What, what about the Wizards, Bonteps? What about this is emergence? Well, I mean, if you go back to the beginning of the season, uh, the Wizards had a bunch of COVID issues and health issues, and Russ was in and out of the lineup, and they were they off to, got off to a pretty terrible start. But really, ever since they got their core roster together, I remember Davis Bertans basically didn't do anything for eight months because he was waiting to get his contract done, and. Um, I mean, they just had a bunch of issues, but once they got through that stretch, they've been, I'm not going to, I'm not trying to pretend they're world beaters or anything, but they've been at least a solid team for a while. And now with this hot streak, they've got themselves, you know, right into this mix and, you know, with Russell Westbrook playing well now with Bradley Beal, you know, continuing to be an all NBA caliber player, you know, Bertans just looked better. You mentioned, uh, you know, Gafford has certainly been a big factor for them since coming over from Chicago. I mean, he's always been kind of an energy, um, you know, and his canner light type guy, you know, offensive rebounder and, and score inside, but he's given them a boost. And you know, look, I think when you look at this race for 10th with a Chicago team, that's without Zach Levine because of you know COVID issues for a while and a Toronto Raptors team that has guys in and out of the lineup and you're not really sure how much they're necessarily trying to get the 10th spot. You know, I think that, you know, you could certainly look at this and say the wizards are, you know, the favorites to, to make the play in at this point, I think those teams. And look, Russ is playing. I mean, there's going to be some five of 18s mixed in, but we can't just 
ignore the fact that this guy's going to score 20 plus points, grab 14 rebounds, 20 on it on an occasional yeah, night. He had, dish he had out 20 12 against assists. the Warriors. Yeah. I mean, and, and like, you know, this little, uh, you know, they, I mean, they snap a long jazz home winning streak. They've beaten the Warriors twice uh, during this stretch. I mean, Russ is just a, a, a walking triple double. You can talk about how overrated the triple double is, whatever. But I, I think that there is a tendency to just, you know, just downgrade Russ and, 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 and hate on him and, and, you know, point out all the flaws. But you don't. I don't know that you necessarily want to see him in, in a play-in scenario. Uh, I'll, I'll say that he's a guy who uh, sometimes is for the worst, but he's always going to put his fingerprints on games. And and lately, it's been for the better on a consistent basis. If if you're trying to win a championship, Russ is not a guy you want to be relying on. But if you're trying to make a play-in tournament or make the playoffs, like Russ, like you said, Tim is going to have plenty of nights where he's going to help you do that. Right? He's still a productive player. He. He obviously with his rebounding and, and his passing can make up for some of his shooting at times. And, and yeah, look, if you're in a, if you're in a one game scenario and you're going up against Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal, but like, you got Davis Berton shooting the ball, like you're, you're not going to feel, you know, incredibly confident um, going into that matchup, especially because you're probably not playing another, you know, super elite team at that point. But right. yeah, I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to play the wizards in a, in a one-off scenario where Bradley, I mean, Bradley Beal went for what? 60 points against the Bulls or against the Sixers earlier this year against one of the best defenses in the league. Like I, I certainly wouldn't want to play the Wizards in that spot. And I, I think they've got the potential to um, to cause a lot of trouble if they can get in there. Well, look, um, regardless of what um, Luca and Mark Cuban said about the play in tournament, um, this is setting up to be very juicy, a, a very, un, you know, you know, well, this, this is, is why thing. it's here to stay, right? I mean, we we're actually talking about teams seven to eleven in both conferences in like the when in the latter fifteen or twenty percent of the season. This was the whole point of it. Nah, I think we can cut out eleven in the West, but to your point, it, well, either it's setting sure, up, but it's you're setting still up to be Golden really State, right. Yeah, it's set and it's setting up to be really fun matchups. I mean, look, if it is right now seven versus eight in the East, if it's the Heat against Lamelo Ball's Charlotte Hornets. Are you not going to watch that? I'm watching that. You know, Russ versus you know Russ versus anybody. <laughs> you never know what you're going to see. Um, you know, and and then in the West, uh, I'm watching Steph against anyone. Um, and you know, there's a chance that the 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 game that's going to decide the final seed there will be Steph versus either uh, John Morant, Damian Lillard, or Luka Doncic. I mean. Yeah, I'm tuning in for that. The other thing that's kind of interesting to watch develop, you know, some years the scoring race is sort of an afterthought, but Steph Curry and Bradley Beal are in a night-to-night battle right now for the scoring lead. As we sit here right now, Steph is at 30.1, actually 31.1. Beal is at 31 flat. They're both fighting for the 10th seed. Their teams both need every basket. It's something we're going to be watching going down the stretch, and these guys are going to be going hard at it. And look, I know that the scoring title isn't going to define either one of their careers, but it's a cool thing to watch night in and night out, and, and you know, mm-hmm. in what can otherwise be a um, a mundane situation. Now, the team that has got to be just smacking itself in the head are the Bulls. 
the Bulls have lost uh, four, uh, six out of ten. I don't I don't remember what their record is since the trade. I don't have that I right think in front it, of me. I think it's four and twelve, but I'm going to look it up right now while we're talking. Okay. Um, with the Wizards winning six and zero, and the Raptors, who Bontemps mentioned, are actively resting healthy players to the point where the league has fined them. Um, I mean, healthy is in quotes. I mean, I, I'm not saying that I know how Kyle Lowry and Fred Van Vliet feel day to day. Resting players who are capable of playing. Right. The league has fined them for misusing the, um, you know. Those are five uh, and ten since the trade, just so I don't forget. They've slipped to 12th. Their, 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 their draft pick, unless it's in the top four, uh, goes to Orlando. Um. And here we know Toronto is even even though it's not clear whether the organization wants to to make it with with how they're handling rest of players, the Bulls have big time skin in this game. Uh, there's some, you know, I'm not saying that mm-hmm. there's necks on the line, but there's some reputations uh, after that Vucevic trade, and and so um, Bontemps, the Bulls, uh, you know, even if it's just getting to tenth, they got to get in. And and right now, two of the hottest teams in the league are in front of them. Yeah, well, and look, you know, I, I think Chicago, when Chicago made that trade, right, they were headed into, I believe, a um, a six or seven game stretch against some pretty brutal opponents. I'm gonna I'm gonna run through this. They they had to play the Spurs, the Warriors, the Suns, uh, the Jazz, the Nets, and then they got the Pacers and Raptors. So at that point, and then the Hawks even. So like that was going to be a rough stretch anyway. Obviously, they, they lost most of those games. They lost a pretty tough game in Golden State. But just when they started to get into a much easier patch of the schedule where they played the Cavs a couple times and a beat-up Hornets team, and they got a win on Monday against the Celtics team without half its players and still barely won, um, then Zach Levine goes into COVID protocols. And that that was the real killer moment for them. Because this team, like you said, they trade for Nick Vucevic. And you think, all right, you've got Nick Vucevic, you've got Zach Levine, you're going to have a nuclear offense. And you can you can get enough on defense to kind of muddle through and, and get the tenth seed. Um, you know, and take a bit of a step forward, make the play-in tournament. Um, but with this stretch they're in now, uh, with all these losses that have piled up, to your point, you know, Washington is going to push through to the finish line. Certainly, they definitely want to make the play-in. And Toronto did play all their guys against the the Brooklyn Nets on Wednesday. So I, I mean, if they're healthy, I think their guys are going to play at least for the most part. And you know, if they do, they're amazingly, they're still have a plus uh, point differential for the season, um, which is kind of remarkable given that Portland is negative and some other teams that are over 500 are negative and the Raptors are nine under and have a positive differential. But I, if Toronto tries, they, I think they definitely are going to be better than Chicago. So, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, certainly part of that Nick Vucevic trade, I, I would have to think, was to try to get um, – Zach Levine on board long term and go on him to, to stay there and, and show they're committed to trying to take steps forward to, to get better. Um, and yeah, if they if they're unable to make the playoffs and they're they're sitting in the seventh or eighth spot in the lottery, um, you know, come late June when that lottery drawing happens, you know, we're going to be talking about, you know, yet another pretty dramatic moment. And, and a lottery is going to be full of a bunch of them. Uh, if Chicago's sitting there waiting to see if they get one of these top four studs or they give up, a you know, mid lot, mid mid mid-tier lottery pick for, um, you know, for Nick Vucevic from that trade. 
Yeah, the, the, that was a win-now trade for a team that wasn't ready to win now. And that was the concern when they made it. They gave up a lot. Uh, and But the, the plan was they were going to give up the 15th or 16th pick in this draft, not the 8th. That changes the math on on that trade. And, I mean, Vooch has been what they – you know, he's 22 and 10 for him. But he's – it's you know, he's he that's not a team that he could bump over the top. And then, obviously, Levine going out with COVID is, you know, uh, an unfortunate curveball that, you know, teams have to deal with across the league this season. So the Hornets, I think – went like eight and eight or nine and eight without Lamelo. Now, I mean, they are, he's not back yet. He's going to be back probably in mm-hmm. 10, 12 days. They've kept their head above water and the Pacers who they've actually been able to get in front of because the Pacers are devastated by injuries. The Pacers, uh, now there's the Oklahoma city thunder are, are, are performing the <laughs> most, Subtly spectacular tank. No, it's not subtle. There's nothing subtle about it. It is the most blatant <laughs> tank job that we've seen in a while. It's a it's whole- only subtle because they're in Oklahoma City. They're, yeah, they're right. like they're like picking random body parts and saying, "Oh, Lou Dort's got this." Oh wait, you know, uh, I mean, they're they're tanking so hard that Poku every once in a while they're they you know it's like, dude, you can play him and tank. Let me tell you an amazing statistic. So the Pacers, their entire front line is hurt. So they, so the Thunder played in Indiana on Wednesday night. The Thunder scored seventy-six points in the paint, seventy-six, and lost. And you ready for this? It's the third time this year they've scored seventy points in the paint and lost. That is unbelievable and a sign of this offensive season. They've they've healthy scratched Al Horford, and it was kind of like, hey, anybody have a problem with us healthy scratching Al Horford? No? Yeah. Check the national no? TV schedule. Nope, no one gives a crap. Okay, <laughs> see you next year, Al. I mean <laughs> – It's next year, next stop. They allegedly – I mean, Shea Gildas Alexander has plantar fasciitis. They're like giving him <clears throat> 30, 36 weeks to heal. <laughs> Um, the most convenient case of plantar fasciitis in <laughs> NBA history. Lou Dort, Lou Dort, uh, they lost to the Jazz, but Lou was spectacular. He had 42 points on 31 shots, which 31 shots was like a month's worth of work for him last year. Right. But 42 points on 31 shots. He sits the next game because of left shoulder soreness. Like, dude, you could have at least made a nice little joke and, and said his, his shooting shoulder was sore. Which calls to mind one of my all-time favorite NBA stories, World Be Free, who was a legendary gunner <laughs> in the NBA in the 80s for the Cavs and 76ers and others, who one time said, it's really hard to average 20 in this league. And the reporter said, points? And he goes, no, shots. <laughs> um, so the Pacers are just, you know, they're a mash unit as the Hornets have been able to stay ahead of them and the reinforcements are coming. If only starting your fitness journey was as easy as starting this podcast. The truth is all the lift big, get big and beach body ready in three weeks pressure stops most of us from even starting. And starting is what matters most. It's everything. Wherever you're beginning and wherever you want to be, Peloton encourages you to just start. With thousands of classes to get you moving and doing what you can, 
even if that's just a 10-minute low-impact class. They have those too. And when you're ready, take it up a gear with a 30-minute live DJ ride. Start with Peloton and find instructors that will keep you motivated to stay on your fitness journey. Learn the basics and build from there. Remember, doing something is everything. Get started with a Peloton bike or Bike Plus rental at onepeloton.com slash bike slash rentals. Terms apply. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call or click ranger.com or just stop by. So that's the Eastern Conference. In the West, McMahon, the Grizzlies are in the midst of a seven-game road trip. They're 2-2 two and two so far, uh, but they got a huge boost because Jaron Jackson Jr., after being out since the bubble, played his first game in a loss to the Clippers on Wednesday. In the next week, they play the Trailblazers, who are scuffling three times, twice in Portland, once at home, and they are two and a half games back of the sixth seed, mm-hmm. uh, which the which the Blazers are in right now. Um, now, their schedule and, is and, and by the way, the Mavericks have lost five of eight including losses to the Rockets, including a home loss to the Kings. And one of those wins took a ab- an absolutely miraculous Luka fling it up, can't see the rim, you know, it was running miraculous. three at the buzzer. Um, so the, the Mavericks are, you know, the Mavericks have, I believe, the second easiest schedule in the league down the stretch behind only the Jazz. I haven't looked that up today, but that's what the numbers were as of uh, yesterday, at least. Um so, you know, you would think they would be able to, uh, you know, keep their spot or move up. But again, when you're losing to teams like the Rockets and the Kings, I don't know that schedule strength matters that much. So the, the Grizzlies have this brutal road trip. So they actually, I think Giannis was out that game, but they won in Milwaukee on it. Lost in double overtime to the Nuggets when MVP favorite Nikola Jokic had like 47, 36, and 41. Some crazy stat line. And uh, they still have to play the Nuggets again. I, I've never seen this, by the way. This NBA schedule is is wacky. So they're playing two games in Portland, which, you know, we've seen the baseball scheduling. Mm-hmm. The, the Grizzlies play in Denver, go to Portland for two games, and then play in Denver again. They visit the same – this is crazy. Um, well, and remember, the, the, the Grizzlies, I, I think they had the most games in the second half of the season because they were parked for a while yes. there. And so their their schedule in particular is crazy. Um, you know, I don't know when Valanciunas is coming back, but that's huge for them. Right. You know, he's got the concussion. He's he's arguably been their sec- or their best player since the All-Star break. I mean, he's well, been putting up monster double-doubles. They need him back. Um, Jackson at least – he was only four of eleven from the floor, but he looked good last night. I mean, he was active. He blocked four shots in eighteen minutes. He was, you know, looked athletic as ever. So we'll see if he can get in, in a groove well, here's shooting. The here's the thing: ever since John Morant had that terrible ankle injury, he's really not played John Morant esque basketball. He has been good on a lot of nights. That game at Denver the other night, he had a huge game. But he has not quite been John Morant. But even with that, because of Valen Shunas and because of Dylan Brooks and their other guys, 
they actually have the number one offense in the league since the trade deadline. Wow. I went and looked it up because I was looking at impact. So they are putting up points. And after they get off of this schedule, this road trip that's brutal, uh, you know, seven games, they have two games with the Magic. They have the Pistons. They have the Timberwolves. And two games with the Kings on their schedule before you mentioned that that finishing game at Golden State. The lane is there for the Grizzlies, mm-hmm. especially if they can figure out a game plan against the Blazers. I don't think they're going to win all three, but if you, even if they went two and one, the lane is there for the Grizzlies, as banged up as they have been. Misfortune with COVID. Misfortune with John Morant. Jaron Jackson missing almost the entire season. They have a lane to not only make the playoffs, but avoid the play-in tournament. Wow, that that would be uh, stunning, given all the things they've been through and just how you know all these all these complaints about the compressed schedule. I mean, this road trip is is like an endurance test for them as much as anything. Well, yeah, they and both Memphis and San Antonio got caught up, and and Dallas too, if I remember right, all got caught up in that that schedule crunch in the second half of the season because of missing time. Uh, during the first half, which is where, you know, a lot of these wacky road trips and stuff are coming from. It was the NBA trying to jam games in left and right, wherever they, uh, wherever they could, which, you know, again, if, if Memphis is able to overcome that on top of everything else, it'd be pretty impressive. And when you go back to the start of last season and a Grizzlies team that was expected to be bad last year and bad this year for them to, you know, be on the precipice of making the playoffs last year and just miss, and you know if they're able to do it again this year without without Jaron the whole time and everything else, it would be uh, be an awfully impressive accomplishment given you know where their expectations were supposed to be. You can now stream the most MLB games on Directv without a satellite dish. Yes, catch the clutch hit strikeouts, grand salamis, web gems with nothing on your roof. So who's ever up there? Whether it's the roofers, Santa, birds, old timey chimney sweeps, moody teenagers, thrill seeking raccoons, you name it, they won't find a satellite dish. But you will find your MLB games on Directv. That means Directv is your home for baseball this season. Root, root, root with nothing on your roof. Yes, stream your team. Call one eight hundred Directv or visit Directv. Sign up today. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. So, Bontemps, you mentioned a little bit ago this Steph Curry, you know, white hot streak has coincided with James Wiseman getting hurt. Now, it's not like James Wiseman was getting World B Freeze 20 shots a night. It wasn't like he was playing 43 minutes and like, you know, going out there and fighting Steph Curry for the ball. But Wiseman's role within the within the Warriors has been a bit of a push and pull this year. You know, he's been in and out of the starting lineup. There's different factions there who think that he should get a lot of a lot of touches and development. And then you look at Curry, who's you know, that I was watching Curry the other night in Philly. Now, granted, Philly was missing Tobias Harris and Ben Simmons. 
But Philly, who was one of the top defensive teams in the league, was essentially throwing double teams at him 25 feet from the basket. And Steph is so good at movement, pass, move, pass, move, so good at dribbling, so good at creating space. He was just defeating it. Like Embiid was working his butt off. Um, Embiid, uh, prohibitive runner-up in the MVP, was working his butt off. <laughs> no, no, off. no. Hey, they actually are changing the award. It's now going to be MVPT, Most Valuable Part-Timer. So he's the favorite. <laughs> cool, 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 cool. We should talk about that on the pod. Um, Embiid's working his butt off, and Curry is just beating him. He's just beating him because he's he's so good. And, and, and he's, I mean, as great as he is at shooting, as great as he is at ball handling, his whole life since he was, you know, a toddler, he was getting double teamed. So the guy just knows how to handle it. And I'm not saying they're going for a run, but but letting him, letting him, you know, eat Bontemps has been huge. And in a strange way, Wiseman going down for better or worse has given the, the Curry the super green light and has changed the Warriors. Uh, outlook and they're now well within the 10th seed they're in they're in good shape yeah I mean look it's not that strange when you consider the fact that James Wiseman has just not been good this season right and our 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 buddy Nick Friedel has been all over this really all year in that you know like you said there's a there's a push and pull within the Warriors because they are kind of stuck in between two worlds right you've got Steph Curry who still is capable of being an MVP caliber player you still got Draymond Green who you know while his offensive game has certainly plummeted and at least in terms of his shooting he's still a really good passer um he's still a great defensive player he's still a really good passer he and staff still have unbelievable synergy on the court together those two guys alone are good enough to make your team interesting and you know when you couple that with trying to develop a young guy like Wiseman it makes it tough to try to balance those two things because you know a guy like that needs touches he needs to be involved he needs to you know get minutes on the court and you know, like most rookies, he has struggled quite a bit this year. And, you know, without him being in the mix, you know, it's really just, you know, now Draymond Green and, and Kevon Looney playing center, two guys that, that Steph is very comfortable with. And he's just flying around doing Steph stuff. And, you know, this goes back to what I said before. This is the whole reason why the playing tournament exists. If, if you didn't have, like, it'd be one thing if you had the Warriors pushing to be the eight seed, but... There is there's scenarios where, you know, the Lakers could be in one playing game and the Warriors could be in the other one and they could even play for the eighth seed. Or like you guys said before, Luka Doncic could be in the playing game or Damian Lillard could be in the playing right. game. Or if Memphis somehow gets to the sixth seed, maybe Luka and Dame are playing in a playing game for mm-hmm. the chance to get the seventh seed. Right. This Probably is why Dame, Dame against jaw last year was spectacular. That's right. Theater. Was spectacular. That's right. This is this is why this thing is not going away. Like, no. You know, Mark Cuban and Luca can complain about it, but you know this thing is here to stay because we're talking about all these teams and we're setting up for this made-for-TV spectacular for three or four days leading up to the playoffs. It just this is exactly what the NBA wants, right? It's more than just the actual play-in games themselves. It's these these last ten days of the season. Yep. Like you know, in European soccer in the Premier League, uh, they don't have playoffs. Um, but uh, as the season comes down, not only is everybody watching the top spot, but they're watching the bottom because the bottom three teams get relegated. So 
they're as much attention on the bottom as is the top coming down the stretch. That's what we're going to see here. It's not just going to be that bonus. It's going to be that in years past, so many of these teams are playing out the string. And there are teams playing out the string still, and that's still going to happen. But you got so much more action here. I mean, even the the the, the Pelicans who have just not been getting it done at all, they're still a hot streak away from being right there. They're three games out of it. Um, and then you're going to, you know, you have Zion who could potentially be doing stuff down the stretch. Well, well when, just listen to this. On the last day of the regular season, the following games are being played. Memphis at Golden State, Boston at New York, Indiana at Toronto, and Charlotte at Washington. All of those games could be direct games that influence whether teams are in the play-in or not, in the playoffs or not, in a different seed or not. Yeah. Right. It's like all four of those games are on the very last day of the season, Sunday the 16th. So like right there, that's normally a day where, you know, there's a little bit of talk about seeding, but generally nobody's really paying attention. And now there's people are going to be laser focused on these games because they could have enormous implications across the board. There is less tanking this year, not no tanking, but there's less tanking. And that's the other purpose of the plan. Yep. The combination of this and the changes in the lottery odds have dramatically reduced the incentive to tank, which is another thing the league wanted to do, right? They want these games to matter. And for, you know, like we talked about this Nick Vucevic trade. If, if the, if the lottery rules were the same and there was no play in game, maybe Chicago doesn't make that trade, but because of the way things are set up now, you know, it, it, there's more incentive for a team like the Bulls to take a swing and try to get a guy like that than to just stand pat and see what happens. Well, the Bulls should vote against the play-in next time then. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I mean, um, so many executives that I talked to, even from the day they made that trade, have been like, you know, what were the Bulls' motives? You know, what, what were they thinking? I mean, and now it's easy because it's not oh, been well, working. Hold on. You two were both all on board with that trade. I'm hey, just saying. I, well, listen, here's what I'd say about it. When it was when it came across the table, because I don't exactly know when the when the Magic decided they were going to trade Vucevic, because my information leading up to it was Fournier's available, Gordon's available, but Vucevic is not. Mm-hmm. I don't know if if the Bulls had discussions about it for days, weeks, months. I don't know, but I can I can sit there and see them thinking, this is our chance to acquire an All Star. When is the next opportunity we're going to have a chance to acquire an all-star? And we can now debate whether or not that all-star is a difference maker, and that's a legitimate debate. Um, But I can see themselves talking themselves into it. And um, at the time, the concept that they would miss the playoffs was, I mean, even the biggest pessimist wouldn't have said that they're they're in danger of missing the playoffs. Um, I think we can find some tape where I said that, but. Here's what I would, that, McMahon was hundred percent spot on with his concerns at the time. I, you know, they, they also, things have gone about as bad as they possibly could have to this point. Um, also, but, but yeah, look, I mean, this was a trade that, you know, you don't often see teams in the NBA today making win now trades to get to the middle. And that was what mm-hmm. this trade was. And like, you know, like you said, Tim, at the beginning, if they don't make the play in, <laughs> it's going to look pretty bad. Because you don't make a trade like that thinking you're going to finish 12th. And if you finish 12th in the East, you know, yes, maybe they jump up into the top four and it works out great. And they get, a, you know, one of these young studs to go with these two guys and they're, they could be really good next year. But 
That's not the path this was supposed to be. This was supposed to be we get in as the ninth seed and maybe we win a couple games and make the playoffs and we take a tangible step forward. And instead, they, they could be having egg on their faces. All right, another team that's struggling. Uh, we mentioned earlier the Portland Trailblazers. They've lost seven of nine. They play the Grizzlies twice at home this weekend. Lillard just came back from a hamstring injury that cost him three games. Um, they have been the 29th. I mean, the, the Kings are the worst defense of all time. And it had, if it wasn't for that as right. their bottom downside, the, the Blazers, who have invested a lot of money in defense and then traded for Norm Powell at the deadline, which he's obviously a gifted offensive player, but was seen as an upgrade defensively on Gary Trent. Still 29th. After they play those two Memphis game, uh, games, they leave on a six-game Eastern road trip with a with one game in there in Memphis, uh, playing you know sort of east. They're on the precipice, and there's already been some rumbling uh, in mm-hmm. the media up in Portland about Terry Stott's job, and um, they obviously have Norm Powell, who they traded, I assume, with the intention to resign. But they've got this team. They've invested a lot of money in. They traded two first-round picks for Robert Covington. They spent significant free agent dollars on Derek Jones, who recently has been some games out of the rotation, not even playing him. You wonder if they don't do one of their rallies, which they've been known to do, but if they don't sort of turn this around, whether there's not going to be big changes there with Terry Stotts being the beginning of that. Uh, McMahon. Yeah, and look, the Blazers are ridiculous Dame Lillard clutch heroics away from being a, a team that's probably fighting for uh, the uh, the ninth or tenth spot. Um, you know, when you look at point differential, the, the, they've far outseeded or uh, exceeded the the expectations of in in terms of wins and losses. Uh, and man, they've had you know Dame has had to carry that. Uh, that team to such a ridiculous degree with with McCollum missing all that time. You know, Collins hadn't played a second this year. Nurk was out most of the season. Um, and you just wonder, you know, a small guard, you know, who's who's not a young guy anymore uh, in a compressed season, you know, how much the, the toll of having to carry such a heavy load is, is weighing on him at this point. Yeah, no question. I mean, he's had to, he's, you know, been listed with a bunch of different nagging injuries for a while. He's now missed some time with this hamstring issue. And, you know, look, Portland was a team that was, you know, had, had maybe a a pretty high ceiling if they had everybody healthy, but they basically haven't had anybody healthy all year. Nurkic has never been right. CJ played the best basketball he's ever played the first 12, 13 games. Like the whole league has been banged up this year. No, no, I I know. No, no, I know. I'm just saying, like, they, they they found themselves in a position where they're in the spot they're in because Dame was so good, right? To to Tim's point. And the fact that they needed that from him then to be that good for that long, it was hard to see him maintaining that kind of supernova level the whole time. And you combine that with their schedule getting tougher and you kind of have them in the situation they're in now where they're, you know, sort of on the borderline of being a playing team or not. And I, I think if you you know, if you look at most of the projections based off schedule strength and everything else, they're the one of these teams with, you know, kind of the Lakers and, and the Mavs that's favored to be the seventh seed. Um, and certainly the last thing that Portland needs is to to play another couple of games. And, you know, like you said, after a bunch of years of kind of being in the same position, it will be interesting to see if they end up seventh or eighth and 
either miss the playoffs or lose in the first round again if they do decide to make some changes. You know, another thing about the Blazers that's concerning is they have been completely non-competitive in games against the teams in the West that are above them in the standings. I think they're I think they're zero and nine. Yeah, against and the and, top and a lot of those aren't close. So yeah. you know when you're when you're evaluating the Blazers, uh, that obviously has to be part of the you know the the formula that you're looking at. Well, the move if they if they look at the, if they look at the roster, I mean, the move is to do something with McCollum, right? right. I mean, yeah. people have been talking the same about thing we've talked about for five years. years. I know, right. I know. Um, they, yeah, and, just, and my my favorite fake trade uh, that that I thought maybe might make sense for both teams doesn't make sense for both teams anymore, and that was some sort of Ben Simmons to Portland for McCollum plus type of package. Um, and obviously Ben Simmons is fitting just fine in Philly this year. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what McCollum's value is. He is a sub all-star, although he would have been an all-star this year, most certainly with the way he was playing before he had the foot injury. And he would have been an all-star several years probably if he was playing in the other conference. That's fair. Um, he's got, you know, he did do the big contract extension. So he's got three years and a hundred million, give or take left. So if you traded for him, you'd be, you'd still be getting a guy in his prime under contract. Um, you know, but I don't, you know, what kind of, what kind of player are you really getting for him though too? Right. Like, that's the thing. Like, yeah, they can, they can try to make a move for something, but right. Exactly. It's hard to figure out. It's hard. Like, you know, yes, a Ben sent that, that was kind of a swap that made sense, like you said, Tim, for a while. You know, some kind of Ben for CJ swap, but they've they traded picks for Robert Covington. Yeah. They don't have a lot of other stuff to trade. And I, you know, he's just kind right. of a hard, you know, you look around the league, how many teams really need a lead guard? Not that many. So, you know, it's, it, it's, it's tough to figure out a deal where somebody's going to really give up big value for a guy like CJ. So they're probably better off just keeping them. But if they keep them, then they're kind of stuck in the same spot they've been. So, it's yeah, it's a it's an interesting spot that they're in on a bunch of levels, right? And their and their and their roster for the most part is locked in now. Norman Powell, he has a player option which I'm he's certain to decline. But yeah, after that, that yeah, Zach Collins is a free agent, restricted free agent. But their top guys are all locked in. So you're looking at, you know, the, uh, this offseason, I think Yusef Nurkic is going to be looking for an extension. But if you look at spending more money on this team, they're already a pretty expensive team. How much more are you going to spend on a team that's, you know, finishing sixth, seventh, or eighth? Yeah, I mean, that's why I'm not so sure that Norman Powell is going to get re-signed, ultimately. I mean, they're they're already, I think, bumping up or near the luxury tax, even without him on the roster. Um, you know, I mean, I think they're at like $130 million or so next year before you even include his money. So, um, you know, it's going to be hard, going to be hard to keep him. If, if he gets the kind of contract he wants. So yeah, they've got, they've got, I think real big decisions to make about what they want to do going forward for sure. They've got a big two, two, three weeks here. It's a, it's a big two, three weeks. And, and they are a team that is known to get very hot because of Dame. Mm-hmm. But when you read the tea leaves and look at this schedule, like you need something special to happen. Otherwise this season is going to be disappointing. And considering they were in the conference finals two years ago and locked those guys into long-term deals, back-to-back seasons like this with where this team is in its cycle um, is difficult. But coming down the stretch here, I mean, we still have a lot of interesting stuff happening. I mean, we didn't even talk about the Heat. The Heat are 
you know, they've they've had starts and stops this year because of all their issues. They're getting their feet back underneath them. The Celtics have won eight out of ten. Um, we spent the whole podcast earlier this week on the Knicks. You know, there's a lot of moving around in there, and a lot of these teams play play each other in the coming couple of weeks. As Bontemps mentioned, it's going to be it's there's going to be a lot of moments that could be really relevant on just an average Wednesday, on an average Monday, and I think that's what the NBA was looking for, and I think they've got it. So um, thank you for listening to the Hoop Collective Podcast and staying with me with my laryngitis. Thanks to McMahon. Thanks to Bontemps. Thanks to Tony, our producer. Everybody have a great weekend, and I hope to talk to you next week with a cleaner voice. I'm just glad we were all warm and fuzzy today, guys. <laughs> I'm walking away feeling great about things. You always do. <laughs> Adios, amigos. <laughs>